Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The current U.S. and global egg supply and demand situation is driven by quite a few factors. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and that's why we call on Chad Hart, an egg economist from Iowa State University. He paints that picture for us of things he's looking at, those factors that are driving market prices today. The idea is what we're watching now is the you know, weather conditions. It's the drought out west, and does that continue, and does it work its way eastward here as we're looking into 2022, along with the international unrest. Let's face it, when you're looking at the global agricultural economy, there are only three big places in the world that can produce excess crops that basically get exported to the rest of the world. And right now, one of those areas, the Black Sea region, is, let's face it, under war conditions. So that's having a pull on the other two. So as we look at our prices here in Wisconsin, we have seen them go significantly higher because of that war. Let's focus on corn. You're partial to corn being from Missouri originally. Um, what does the supply demand situation look like? Right now, I would argue it's really tight. You know, farmers just recently you know, went through a survey where they showed their intentions of what they plan to plant this year. We're going to see right now, based on those intentions, 4 million acres less planted in corn this year than we had last year. That's limiting our, our supply potential out there. Where we had been looking at the possibility of over a 15 billion bushel corn crop, now I'm down to about 14.8 billion bushels, which is right about what we use in this country in a year. And so that makes for a very tight corn stock situation, and that's putting more emphasis on pricing right now. That's why we've seen December new crop corn futures float above the $7 range. And is this all due to the high input costs? Uh, it's it's a combination of things. I mean, you can call it a perfect storm of things. It's, you know, that demand has been strong. We've got high cost to grow the crops. But we've also got, well, let's just call it this way, everything is seeing that inflationary pressure right now. We're seeing it in the grocery store. We're seeing it at the gas station, but we're also seeing it all across agriculture. It's not just corn prices that are high. Soybean prices are high. Wheat prices are high. Cotton prices are high. Almost every commodity is facing this upward price pressure. Let's look at soybeans now. Supply, demand, paint that for us too. Okay, now that 4 million acres that came out of corn, it's going into soybeans. We see the potential for a record U.S. soybean crop here. And so we're depending upon even more demand coming into the U.S. marketplace to eat up a lot of those soybean supplies. Now, when you think about soybeans, we export about half the crop. We use domestically about half the crop, and we're going to need both those engines driving pretty hard to maintain soybean prices where they're at right now. We are going to get some help here. Again, the Black Sea region doesn't produce a lot of soybean, but they produce a lot of sunflower. And soybean and sunflower are competing crops in the global oilseed market. So if the Ukraine and Russia can't get sunflower out, that bodes well for more sales of U.S. soybeans going forward this year. All right. So and so the export for both corn and soybean looking good. It's looking better. I mean, that's the deal. We had been down most of this year because of the higher prices. The war actually turns things around for us in terms of export potential. Because, like I say, once you take the Black Sea out, there's only two other spots where you can really pull crops from. That's the U.S. and South America. 
Now, Wisconsin isn't a huge player in the wheat market, uh, but all eyes are on U.S. production because of the situation happening in Russia, Ukraine. Well, wheat situation right now is really tight and really tough because I'll argue not only are we seeing you know, sort of the destruction of the crop and the worries about the crop in the Black Sea region. When we look at our own wheat here in the U.S., a lot of that is in that drought belt. That, let's face it, it does not look good right now. So we're likely going to see smaller wheat supplies, and that has definitely led the boosted wheat prices here. And that's, uh, well, I'll call it both good and bad for U.S. wheat. Um, it's good that we are seeing these higher prices, but it's making, real, it's making it really hard for the U.S. to export wheat right now. And we're finding that actually when you look at the global export market in wheat, it's places like Australia and Europe that are gaining more market share where the U.S. is actually losing right now. But you emphasize no worries about any shortages domestically. Nope. As far as our own domestic needs for wheat, we'll have plenty of wheat available here. If anything, we're going to experience the higher prices. But no, where we're going to see wheat shortages, that's going to be places like the Middle East and North Africa because they were the ones that really depended upon Ukraine and Russia to provide their wheat needs. Here in the U.S., we produce most of our own, and what we don't produce on our own, we often get from Canada. What we haven't mentioned yet is agriculture's role in the energy complex. Renewable fuels, such as ethanol or biodiesel, how is that looking? Right now, I'll put this way, the ethanol industry has been recovering from the COVID crisis, and we've seen them get back to, let's call it, full pre-COVID productive um, capabilities here within the last six months. The question is, how do they continue to move forward as we're looking here? We've got high energy prices that are helping support high ethanol prices, but they're also facing high cost. Every time corn prices go up, that costs a bit more to create that gallon of ethanol. So that's going to be the challenge ethanol-wise. I think the other thing to look for is newer biofuels. There's been a new emphasis on creating diesel alternatives. And probably the biggest one we're seeing right now is called renewable diesel. It's made out of vegetable oil. So think corn oil or soybean oil or sunflower oil. And it basically is a replacement of petroleum diesel that's created from those vegetable oils. That's something that could take off here over the next two to three years, especially if oil prices remain over $100 a barrel. Now, you mentioned we are recovering uh, from lost demand of the pandemic for those renewable fuels, but we're also covering from that Hurricane Ida. Well, it's not only the energy complex. You think about a lot of the supply chain issues we've been talking about over the past couple of years, not only within ag, but basically in the general economy. And a lot of it is actually linked to the, the natural disasters, the hurricanes that we saw hit in 2020 and 2021. Probably the biggest one from an ag perspective was Hurricane Ida. Because not only did it plug up the Gulf Coast for a while and made it kind of hard to ship our products out on the export side, but it also hit a lot of our ag input infrastructure. Probably the easiest one that everybody knows about is Roundup or glyphosate. The idea is there are two big plants here in the U.S. that produce glyphosate that basically fill our needs here. Both are down in Louisiana and both got hit by Hurricane Ida. You knock those facilities out, we're suddenly short Roundup. Now, you mentioned your nickname at Iowa State University is Dr. Doom. Uh, you project good things for the first half of 2022, uh, but as we get into the second half year, you don't have a, as positive of an outlook. Yep, and, and it's mainly because, let's face it, I'm, I'm thinking that prices may remain high, but we're watching our cost ratchet up very quickly to catch up. And so if there is any bobble in prices where we do start to see things trend down, 
that really puts the squeeze on our, our agricultural industry. And sort of the scenario I do worry about is something that farmers just went through a decade ago. The last time we saw prices this strong would have been 2012, 2013, and where we were seeing really high prices, enjoying those high prices, but cost ratcheted up and then prices in 2014 dropped down significantly leaving farmers in a negative margin situation that same sort of scenario could happen here as we're looking forward now you also have a background in risk management when farmers approach you what's their biggest questions and what do you tell them about risk management well usually at risk management so i'm going to say for most of you know the farmers here whether i'm talking in iowa or wisconsin Many of our farmers already take, let's call it the basic risk management moves. They buy crop insurance. They're looking to, you know, do some either pre-harvest marketing or post-harvest marketing. So a lot of folks, you know, they built the grain bins. We do storage in order to try to pull our price or pull our crops to where we can sell when prices are higher, typically in the springtime. When you see a situation like we're seeing right now, it's more the case of, I would say, locking in prices at a time when you know you're also locking in your costs. Given that cost, you know, especially fertilizer and chemicals right now have risen so high, what I want to do is anytime I'm having to buy something, I want to sell a little crop so that I can know where that profit margin is right now. And especially if that's positive, I want to lock that in place. So this is how you deal with the risk that we've been seeing here where things are, you know, costs are rising so quickly well if you're selling the crop to match you know you're going to keep yourself money ahead you're protecting some of that profitability that's out in the marketplace right now yeah you know i was something i didn't ask you about yet uh the livestock situation obviously for commodity growers uh they're seeing good prices but for people having to buy that those products to feed their cattle uh not as good of a situation no it's a very challenging situation i mean when you think about seven dollar corn can be great if you're producing it but it's it's really tough if you're a user of it and so we have seen the livestock industries definitely slow down in terms of their growth in fact when we're looking nationwide right now we're actually going to see our beef and pork industry shrink just a little bit here in 2022 because of the high feed cost and we're not seeing the livestock prices even though they are very strong right now they haven't risen as quickly as feed costs have and so that that profit margin has already shrunk significantly for the livestock industries anything else i'm not asking you that you wanted to add for wisconsin producers i would say weather still does loom large i don't want to dismiss that you know when you look at the drought in the western u.s it is significant the question really is does it start to creep back across the mississippi and truly impact the heart of corn and soybean production here in the U.S. At least thus far, and what we found in 2021 was that it didn't. We sort of need that drought to stay out west again this year in order to help balance the markets. And that's your Ag Market Outlook for 2022 and beyond with Chad Hart. He's an ag economist at Iowa State University. Chad is also a partner in Farm Risk, and that's an Iowa firm that develops revenue insurance products. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.